Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. A crowded sidewalk in broad daylight isn't exactly a place where you expect to see a murder. On January 29th, 2005, a woman passed away in a prison for a crime committed in the middle of the afternoon on the Thanksgiving holiday and took the lives of six and injured 24 more. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On November 27, 1980, citizens of Reno, Nevada, traveling to and fro for the Thanksgiving holiday, watched in shock as a blue 1974 Lincoln Continental sped past them and started careening into groups of pedestrians. Jumping the curb and racing down the sidewalk, the car reached about 40 miles per hour and drove about 100 feet before crossing the 2nd Street crosswalk and continuing 322 feet down another sidewalk that passed right in front of the popular Harrah's, Nevada Club, and Harold's Club. Back on Virginia Street, where the car blew through a crowd gathering in front of Club Calneva, the driver was forced to come to a stop two blocks later at a red traffic light. With another car blocking any further destruction, the driver was surrounded by police and calmly, without any resistance, exited the deadly vehicle. The driver was Priscilla Joyce Ford, born February 10, 1929, and when she locked eyes with Officer Oakes, she casually asked him how many people she just killed. When he responded, telling her it was about five or six, numbers had not yet been tallied, she replied back, good, 
with another officer later reporting that she added, the more dead, the better, while in custody. In reality, Priscilla had left behind 24 injured individuals, all of which were taken to the hospital, the bodies of five who died instantly, and a sixth who would be later added, as well as a sidewalk riddled with street signs, clothing, and body parts. According to survivors, Priscilla was looking for people to hit during her deadly drive. She made no effort to avoid pedestrians and instead made sure to swerve and hit them if she could. Later described as, quote, self-righteous and seemingly unbothered by the carnage she left behind, Priscilla, whose blood alcohol level was 0.162, noticed photographer for the Reno Gazette Journal, Marilyn Newton, photographing her as she was taken into police custody. Marilyn would later say that when they looked at one another, Priscilla, as if she hadn't just taken the lives of six individuals, said to her, Oh my, you're a pretty one. I'll remember who you are. But who exactly was Priscilla Joyce Ford? According to the sources, Priscilla, with only a high school education, took up a job teaching in the late 50s inside a one-room schoolhouse in Michigan. Though skeptical when first hiring her, due in large part because she was the first black teacher in the area, the school board soon found themselves praising her work and recognizing her as a gifted and quite caring young educator. While working there for more than seven years, Priscilla earned her bachelor's degree in education in 1966. Though many had wonderful things to say about her, this deadly drive she took in 1980 was not her only interaction with the police. In 1957, she shot her second husband in an act of self-defense before turning the gun on herself. Surviving in 1970, friends and family who knew and loved her noticed some increasingly bizarre behavior coming from Priscilla. Like reports of her seeing her dead husband standing across the street from her home in Buffalo, New York, and claiming to have the soul of Adam and Jesus Christ. Things seemed to be getting worse, and in 1972, when her son returned from his army deployment, he reported his mother's increasing delusion and the fact that she was now an alcoholic. By the time she moved to Reno, Nevada in 1973, Priscilla, needing help, voluntarily committed herself to the Nevada Mental Health Institute, where she was diagnosed with passive-aggressive personality with hysterical episodes, treated, and then released. In 1974, she was arrested for trespassing and was, again, sent in for a mental health evaluation. And at this point, the state decided to take away her 11-year-old daughter, Winter, and place her in Wittenberg Hall. Priscilla, devastated, believed her daughter was a victim of kidnapping. She later moved back to New York, where she sought treatment from Catholic charities in Buffalo, and in 1978, was being treated at a mental health hospital in Blackfoot, Idaho. The next year, she was back in Buffalo, where she was officially diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia with violent tendencies. Living in Maine in May of 1980, Priscilla went to an attorney and asked for their help getting Winter back and threatened that if they didn't help her, she would, quote, drive across the state and kill everybody she saw along the way. Believing her daughter was still in Reno, Priscilla went looking for the girl and ended up making good on those threats. Due to her history and behavior, 
Priscilla Joyce Ford was found incompetent to stand trial in January of 1981 and was ordered to be given mental health treatment. By August of that same year, though, her competency was restored and taken back to court, she pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. During her five-month-long trial, Priscilla told the courts that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, and her daughter took the stand and explained that these beliefs were something her mother had long spoken about, and that Priscilla once told her aunt that she was, quote, artificially inseminated to bear Jesus Christ. Experts testified on her behalf, but the prosecution maintained that, though she did seem to suffer from a variety of mental illnesses, she knew the difference between right and wrong. With one side claiming that she should be placed in a mental institution for the rest of her life, and another calling her evil personified, the jury deliberated for 13 hours and returned with a guilty verdict on March 19, 1982. Now convicted of six counts of murder and 23 counts of attempted murder, on March 28, 1982, Priscilla Joyce Ford was sentenced to death. For the next two decades, Priscilla and her lawyers fought for an appeal, but all that came to an end on January 29, 2005, when she passed away at the age of 75 from emphysema. At the time, she was the only woman on Nevada's death row. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 30th. Don't forget to write and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.